Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire your walk with God. For more information about our church and community, check out myc3church.ca. Welcome, everybody. Days are all getting longer, and uh, 2019 is just ahead. Um, So I just wanted to um, start our year off in a um, kind of take a little time to look back over last year. And um, I think it's really, really important to um, take time to reflect. Uh, I I personally think that we need more than one data point in our life, Uh, first of all, for perspective, and secondly, um, for success. It's not enough to just look around you. You need to look back sometimes before you look ahead. And um, it's one of the ways that we as a church, how we do communion together when we share the Lord's table is um, we look at where the Lord's been at work in our life. And so uh, for these next two services, well, this morning, for the two services today, I got two different, four different people sharing on some things that the Lord did last year for them. And so I'd like to invite to the platform Tyler Henderson and Kate Quinton. So why don't you put your hands together and welcome them up here. It's, um, I think it's quite significant when you see the Lord at work in your life that you share that with other people. I feel that's a really important thing that we should do on a really, on a very, very regular basis. And um, so I've asked them, both they've got very unique stories. Most of you will have met um, these at one time or another. Kate's been away at, at um, C3 College in Oxford Falls in Sydney, Australia. And so... So that's pretty exciting, and of course, most of you know that Tyler has been helping with Kingdom Builders, and he's just—he's a, a local businessman from um, from Airdrie. And so I've asked them to begin to look back over last year, and uh, and they each will have some very unique things in their stories. And at the end of the service, if either of uh, you connect or with any of them, well, they're going to be here to pray for you at the end. So um, just one of the great delights of being part of leading a church is meeting incredible people, and so I know you're going to really be specially blessed by their stories. Let's welcome to the platform Caitlin Quinton, please. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Pastor Lauren. I think I would be totally amiss if I didn't just give a moment of honor to our wonderful pastors, Pastor Lauren and Pastor Kelly. Thank you so much. Um, You know, just the opportunity to share, uh, this is an amazing house that you've built, and I was telling Pastor Lauren and everyone that I've seen since returning a couple weeks ago, um, there's just something so unique and special about this church, you know, and um, I'm so honored and privileged to call it home. So thank you. Yeah, so um, I know there's a lot of familiar faces that I've missed so much, but there's a lot um, of people that I haven't met yet. So my name is Caitlin. As Pastor Lauren said, I was in uh, Oxford Falls in Australia for the last year. That was just an opportunity that I, I don't have the time to even try and get into the amazing details of how God sent me there, but um, I won the scholarship at the Canada Conference, I guess it would have been two years ago, and that took me to Sydney, and um, I've just returned. So Pastor Lauren asked me this morning if I could sum up kind of what my thoughts were on, what would one word be, and um, that word for me was choice. And um, when I left Calgary, I was like this close to being like a Hollywood cliche. I didn't quite have everything, but I was like pretty close. I was that girl that's like, I've got a great job, I'm doing so awesome, and I've got a really nice house that I bought, like just a great car, like these things that should make me really happy. And I'll be honest, they made me happy. I'm so thankful to God that he has blessed me in my work and blessed me with a home and all these things. But I just still felt this kind of loss, this sense inside all the time that 
something was still missing. I was serving on team at church every week. Um, I attended C3 College online that was running in uh, church here, even helped to lead some of that. But there was just still something that um, was pulling me. And that's part of why I ended up in, in Sydney and Oxford Falls. And I talk about choice because what God's really showed me this year is that the things that I was missing and the things that I was longing for, they were always in front of me, but it was always going to be a choice for me to take it, to, to actually take the gift that was in front of me. So there was two kind of big things if I had to identify that I think I really needed, and one was community and one was joy. And it surprised me that community was something that God kind of stirred in me this last year because I thought I was like super in community. I was serving on service producing team. I was on like guest services. I've got so many friends that I love here and you know, but that's, that's actually not community. Just showing up to church every week or like being on a team and being outgoing and talking to people. I, it's funny how you can fool yourself into thinking like that somehow is community. And so um, I love in Genesis 1, I think it's Genesis 1-3, God says, let us create mankind in our image, in our, our likelihood. And it's fascinating, like from one of the first times we ever hear about who God is, he uses the word our. He doesn't use create mankind in my image, he says our image. He is the picture of community. The Trinity, I mean, it's mind-blowing, right? Like how can we ever really understand the Trinity? But um, what God revealed to me in that about his desire, we are created for community. From the very beginning of time when he formed us, it was we're not meant to do it alone. So maybe some of you are like me, like I'm just very independent and I love that and it is part of my DNA, but it's not the only part of my DNA. And so I'm just so thankful that God really showed me what community was and uh, he put me in some stretching situations. I had to make a choice when I went to Australia to say, okay, I'm actually gonna be vulnerable and I'm gonna get to know some of these students. I'm actually gonna open up about some of the things I've struggled with or ask for help. I didn't drive when I was in Sydney and like, that was really hard for me because to have to say to people, could I get a ride to that thing we're going to? Or like, they don't have sidewalks in Sydney, really. Ever. Like on outside of main areas, like they really don't. And Brittany Flight had told me, she's like, Caitlin, you need to consider what you're gonna do because they don't have sidewalks. And I thought she was joking, but she wasn't. So, you know, God really pushed me into a place of understanding what community is and what that means. And it means making a choice to say, God, I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna be vulnerable and I'm gonna intentionally put myself into those situations. And I, it was so exciting because the whole time that he was um, teaching me about it, I just had I just had this auditorium on, like, on my heart and I was so excited about coming back and getting to experience what I already had fresh. And out of that, he taught me about joy. So through um, the choice to say, God, I am gonna choose to really get into community, to like go after it this year, I made some of the most incredible friends. I mean, how do you not, right? You're in Bible college, you're praying together every day, you're in chapel every morning, you're going through all this spiritual stuff. But I still could have chosen to sit at the back and kind of like just go to class and do my own thing. And I made this friend. She is, you guys, she's like love on legs. That's honestly what we called her. She is the most incredible Australian girl. Her name is Ellie. She is just like a friend for life. And her, she is just joy. Like she was like that joy from that movie Inside Out. Like just joy, right? And the thing is, because I chose to get into community, God gave me that that ability to just like laugh again. I'm a pretty serious person. Like you guys, I'm only 32 and I was actually horrified to realize how like kind of just ugh, I got, you know, like people would be laughing and like doing all these things. And I was like, come on, like get serious. And we need, you know, and it's like, that's, that's not God's best for us. He is joy. It's a fruit of the spirit. That's his nature. Well, he wants us to have his nature. He created us in his image. So we get joy. And, um, 
I want to share a story with you. This is something that, um, to tie it back to choice, that God just really revealed to me. Um, I was coming up to the end of my time and, of course, reflecting and thinking about all I had done and experience. And I was thinking, I don't really know if I did my best in 2018. Like, did I really get everything out of this experience that I could have? Should I have done a bit more? Should I have stepped out a little? And doubt can just come so swiftly. Like, you can have a whole year spent with God, and in a moment, we can just believe that one little lie. Like, it's really, it's kind of fascinating when you think about it. Um, Three of my friends that I had met, I met three really cool girlfriends all around my age, and we decided, it was one week before I was leaving Sydney, we decided we were going to go to the opera house and see a ballet. So we went to the Sydney Opera House and we got to see Cinderella. And it was, we had booked tickets like in September, this was in December, we were so excited. And we are students, we could only work 20 hours a week because all four of us were uh, international students. And so we were like, okay, well, well, we can't get like that expensive of tickets. It's the Opera House and it's Cinderella, so they're pretty pricey. So we just got tickets and we thought, we're just going to go. Just the fact that we're going and we could say we are there is awesome. So the time comes and we roll into this opera house and we sit down and we got our seats. And they're like, they're $45 tickets. So they were not that good. And so we're on the side of the stage and we can see the symphony, which was cool, uh, the orchestra. But the stage, like, we couldn't even see the whole thing. So for the first two like acts, we're like, okay, what's happening over there? Like you could not actually see the stage. And to be honest, it was like, I was, I was pretty excited, like disappointed because I thought I wouldn't care, but I was kind of disappointed. So after the first act, and we were separated, there was four of us, but two of us were sitting here and two of us were sitting there. So after the first act, my one friend, Tabia, she's this great girl from Germany, she comes up and she's like, Caitlin, I can see two seats over there, like in like the best seats of the house. They're free. No one's been sitting there this whole act. Like, I wonder if maybe we can go up there. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we can. So then she goes over to this lady that was doing the tickets at the door and she's like, the lady asked her, oh, how are you enjoying the ballet? And she says, well, you know, to be honest, we're, it's amazing. We love it. We're so happy to be here. But we are kind of disappointed. We thought we would get a little bit more. And so she's like, what about those seats? And she just went for it. She just asked her, what's, what's the harm, right? She said, what about those seats? I've noticed no one's sitting there. Like, could we, just, could we just go up there? The lady looks at her and says, well, to be honest, you know, it's kind of a thing here for people to show up late to the ballet. Don't know why. And she's like... Uh, somebody might come for the second act, so you, you can't move there right now, but I'll tell you what, if there's nobody there after the second act, because it's a three-act show, I mean, she gives her the wink, like, I didn't see you go up there, right? So she's so excited. So Tabia was sitting with this other gal, uh, Candice, from New York, and she goes, Candice, oh my gosh, there's two seats there, and this lady said, like, we can go up there at the third act, like, what do you think? Do you want to, we'll go up there. And Candice was like, oh, no, that's, I'm good. So then I was in the washroom, and she goes up to this other friend, Lydia, and she's like, Lydia, oh my gosh, we can go up there for the third act. What do you think? And she's like, I don't think so. Like, I think we should just stay here. So she's, like, devastated, and she runs out into the hallway and finds me, and she's like, Caitlin. She tells the whole story, right? And she's like, will you go up there with me in the third act? And I was like, yeah, for sure. She's like, I knew you'd say yes. I'm so excited, right? So this whole second act, she's watching, but she's kind of looking and looking. So the second act ends, right? And we decide, okay, we're going for it. So we just, like, made the decision. We get up. We didn't even really look at the lady because we're like, what if she was, like, joking? And we just went for it. And we just walked straight to the seats. We sat down like we owned it, and we were like, here we are. You guys, these seats were so good. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We sat down, and we were trying not to, like, go crazy because we didn't want it to seem like we're we're not meant to be there right so we're keeping it cool but we're looking at each other we're so excited 
the rest of the ballet, like I, I had tears. It was so amazing. We could see the whole stage. They were so beautiful. It was amazing. And there was two other seats next to us that our friends could have had, and they didn't. They just, we kept looking at them. We're like, come on. And they didn't. So why am I telling you this? The next day, actually, I was going to bed, and I started, like, just thinking about it, and I was just telling God, I love you. I'm so happy you did that for me. And I thought it was just that, that he did that for me. But I got this whole revelation the next morning, and God was just telling me, Caitlin, I am that God. You walked into a situation that was disappointing. You went in thinking, oh, this isn't really that great. But you know what? I put a choice in front of you, and you took it. Your two girlfriends, maybe they didn't. It was right there in front of them, but you took it, and it changed everything. It didn't matter that it was the third act. It didn't matter that it was the end of the play. You loved it. You watched the whole thing like you had been in those seats for the entire show, and that is the God that we serve. He is so, so able to do abundantly above and beyond anything that we can say. He's just incredible, but the thing is, guys, I had to make that choice because I had to get up and walk to those seats because if I hadn't, I wouldn't have had that experience. I wouldn't have had that revelation. You know, there's a scripture in Luke um, 6, just to wrap it up. Luke 6:38, and this is like an offering scripture typically, right? It says, um, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And I love that because he says, give and it will be given to you. And I know that we use that a lot in like a way of talking about giving, but if we give our hearts to Jesus, if we give our lives to Lord and we make that choice every day to do it, he gives back. And it's not give and take, like tit for tat, but it's just give your heart to God. Just give it all and he can do anything. He can do anything for us, even in the final hour. So I just want to encourage all of us as we leave this 2018 and go into 2019, it doesn't matter where we're at. You could be in a situation where you're feeling like, oh my gosh, 2018 was a dud. Or you could be really excited about 2018 and even more excited about 2019. It doesn't matter. When we make the choice to serve God, he will come in that final act. He'll come in the middle act. He'll come wherever you may be. He'll meet us there, and he'll, he'll push us through. So. Excellent. That was excellent. Thanks, Caitlin. Next, we have Tyler, and Tyler's going to share some things about his last year. Welcome, Tyler Henderson, please. Well, good morning, everyone. I uh, see the tryptophan buzz is still across the, uh, the congregation from the turkey and all that kind of stuff, but uh, try and stay awake. So, um, so uh, I, I so much appreciate that word of encouragement because I think as, as Christians and, and more so as believers, we, we do settle for much less than what Christ purchased for us. And um, I guess what I'm going to share on this morning is just how to remain stable and um, in a place of uh, expectation, even when the promises that we're believing for haven't manifested yet. So um, a bit of a story uh, for Marianne, my wife, and myself. Uh, I guess we've been attending here since, well, it'll be two years on Tuesday. Uh, we came January 1st, 2017. And uh, maybe some of you have this experience, but... Um, we had actually been out of church for a while prior to that, uh, kind of had our our mouth a bit not in the greatest taste for different churches that we had experienced. And again, you know, great people and all that kind of stuff, but there was something more that we were yearning for. And, and what, so we came here and we, uh, we had all our buttons ready to be pushed. Um, we are kind of ready to, you know, just have that, that, that one button that those two buttons pushed uh, that would kind of send us out the door onto the next venture, but um, 
we had to decide within ourselves uh, what were the non-negotiables, what were the, the, big, the big buttons uh, that, that you know, we just wouldn't be able to compromise on. And, and for us, that, that had to do with uh, a value for people and it had to do with uh, a value for the word of God and for, for what Jesus accomplished for us. So um, I'm happy to say that we've uh, checked both those boxes. Uh, we've seen a value for people here um, through Pastor Lauren and Pastor Kelly uh, and the, the rest of the team here. Um, sometimes, you know, you might see it from the front, uh, but there's such an authenticity even behind the scenes here. Uh, even after, you know, we got involved in, uh, in greeting and hosting, uh, such a value for people. And that's what this hurting world needs. You know, there's a lot of empty promises out there, but that's what this world needs. So um, a bit of our story for 2018 uh, it's uh, a story having to do with finances, but th the principles uh, are the same whether you're, you're believing God for healing or believing God for healing in relationships or believing God for destiny and calling on your life. Um, God doesn't give his promises lightly. Uh, it's interesting, um, part of 2018, I had uh, kind of got into some of the uh, study of the original uh, Hebrew, not the modern-day Hebrew, but the original Hebrew behind some of the old uh, Old Testament promises, and just the whole idea of each one of us, or even when God says something, whether it's through his prophets or through his word, it is, before it's even spoken, it is conceived in his heart. And somehow God so masterfully considers all the different variables, interdependencies, ramifications, the current political environment, the current economic environment, he factors all that into consideration before he speaks. And so it's conceived in his heart. So you know what? We receive these promises, whether again through the, uh, the written word or through something that has come to, into our heart. And um, we hold it, we hold it for however many years, and we think, well, did God factor in this? Did God factor in that? Did he consider this? What about this person? Did he factor in that? God has, has, has factored in everything. And all we need to do is to trust him, which is simple logistically, but is very difficult um, in a day-to-day -day basis. So our story for 2018, um, I had got on with a uh, startup fintech. Uh, my background, I'm, I'm an accountant, uh, a CPA, and uh, so I got into a, a startup fintech uh, back in 2016, and I'd uh, worked there for, for about a, a year and a half, and it came to the point uh, early 2018 where there were some ethical things going on there that I, I couldn't align myself with, so I, I parted ways with them and kind of uh, weaned in the new person and, and um, moved on to the next opportunity. So uh, there was still some unresolved issues there uh, that at the time, only in hindsight, I had realized that uh, some things had gotten into my heart that were kind of clouding my view of myself, clouding my view of God, um, clouding my view of the opportunities and what the future was going to look like. So after leaving that fintech company, I got into another uh, international uh, blockchain Bitcoin company. Uh, again, exciting. Everyone's, you know, going 100 miles an hour and those kind of things. And, um, and I just found that because I hadn't kind of addressed some of the baggage I had from the previous position, some kind of emotional uh, spikes in my heart, um, I found that I was just burning out the intensity, uh, the international, um, uh, I guess, playground that this company was involved in. 
uh, the early morning meetings to coincide with Eastern Europe time zone and all those kind of things. It just, it, it had me running on empty. And so um, after about five months, uh, I just, I was getting into burnout and, and again, I had to exit uh, that opportunity for, for uh, I guess, for my own sanity. Again, great group of people, nothing against them, but just where I was at. And so I guess maybe one of the first lessons I, uh, I want to bring forth is just that deal with stuff uh, as it comes up. Um, this kind of stuff, you know, uh, says I think in Proverbs where, you know, wicked words go down to your inward, inward parts and they lie in wait for blood. And he's kind of wondering, well, what, what does that mean? But um, these words that whether uh, someone externally speaks it over us um, or whether this is something that we believe in ourselves, uh, they just wait there. And so all it takes is a little trigger and all of a sudden those words come up and they start choking us. And um, we kind of wonder, well, why did that set me off? But there's a whole history that's kind of resident in our heart and is just waiting to express itself. So I guess lesson number one for this year is address these things. And Holy Spirit, he is so good. You know, he's the great physician, and he will bring these things to light. So just work with him through the process. And sometimes it is a process, um, but work with him in the process just to get those uh, weeds out of your heart. So um, I left that company uh, around middle of 2018, um, and God's always been good to, uh, you know, provide another opportunity in waiting, but uh, for the next six months, um, I, again, I applied for well over 80, probably closer to 90 uh, opportunities that I had vetted, and so I, had, they, I was suitable for them. Just nothing happening, and so when you're kind of in that environment where all you can kind of hear is crickets chirping in the background uh, and not a whole lot of action happening. Um, it, it's time to figure out where the hope is going to come from, where, where the confidence is going to come from. And um, it says in, I think it's Hebrews 10.35, where it says, uh, well, this is something that, uh, you know, kind of stood out to me. It says, uh, don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. And so that gave me hope. Um, until I kind of got to the second part of that verse where he says, you have need of patience. It's like, oh, man, that patience stuff. Um, but patience isn't a matter of just holding your breath until something happens. Patience actually, uh, in, in the original language, in the context of the, uh, the culture at that time, patience had to do with being able to stand firm without wavering concerning what has God has said for you and so, or to you. And so it's not a, just a matter of holding your breath um, because five months is a long time to hold your breath. Uh, I don't know if anyone's tried it, but um, <laughs> so I wouldn't recommend doing that. But again, patience, um, and Paul talks about it, you know, let patience finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Uh, and in another part, uh, Paul says that uh, patient, patience develops character and character brings hope, and hope doesn't disappoint. And so this is a spiritual power, spiritual dynamic that can work in us if we allow it to. Um, so part of the patience process was determining where is my confidence lying? And you know what? Uh, I don't know if uh, many of you, I guess different personalities, different uh, behavioral types uh, will be more uh, susceptible to this, but um, I was 
getting so good at beating myself up for all the wrong decisions. I hadn't made one right, right decision in my whole life, and the whole focus was, uh, um, you know, just doom and gloom uh, and dread. Uh, this is kind of how the mind worked. And so I had to come back to, you know, where, where is my confidence? And um, Paul said, there's this mystery. And the mystery is, Christ in me is my hope is my hope of God's glory. And kind of going into the definitions again, Christ in me is my hope. And that's a conf hope means a confident expectation of good things, whereas dread is a confident expectation of bad things. And the hope of God's glory, his view, his opinion, his reality being expressed in my life. So um, one of the lessons is, is that anytime I felt like I was wavering, that I was shaking, that I was starting to sink, uh, I had to come back to, you know, what is my hope? Is it in my good works? Is it in my Bible reading? Is it in my giving? Is it in my praying? All those are good things, and we're called to good works, but that cannot be the basis for our hope because God is so good that he will enable us to stand and to walk into life as it should be, walk into the promises that he has for us, even with our own blunders and, and failings and flailings and inconsistencies. He is good. But the only way he can do it is if we trust him and if we trust in the full provision that he provided for us. So I guess um, my uh, encouragement to everyone here is uh, just to determine where your hope is. Determine and don't allow your own blunders to let you down because God is not let down. He, you know, you just look at the examples through the, the Old Testament of how he constantly pursued Israel, even though they were going to um, other nations and other, uh, other ways and they weren't... Um, you know, weren't coming back to him. He kept pursuing them. He kept pursuing him because that's who he is. And even if we're not up to that, um, God remains unchanged. He says, it says in, um, well, somewhere, it says, uh, <laughs> if, uh, if we are unfaithful, God remains faithful because he can't deny his self. He can't deny his own character. So, so I'm just going to wrap up with this um, verse out of Psalm 37, uh, and verse, Psalm 37, verse 34, and this is in the Passion Translation. It says, don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Keep moving forward steadily in his ways, and he will exalt you at the right time. And when he does, not if he does, when he does, you will possess every promise, including your full inheritance. So bless you for 2019. I am nervous this morning. <laughs> I can be up here on the stage and sing, but it's a whole completely other thing to be vulnerable with people, so especially more than one or two. Um, but I so appreciate the opportunity to share this morning. And when Pastor Lauren asked me, I felt compelled to say yes, even though I'm like trembling with fear, but it's all good. Um, just like Pastor Lauren said, I believe it's so important to share our story. And I haven't always valued the words that I have. I haven't always valued the message that I have. But God has been showing me, especially this last year, how valuable my words are and how valuable each and every one of your words are. Because if we don't share what we have within us, it could be preventing someone else's breakthrough. 
it could be hindering someone else from walking into their full calling. We, we have keys within us that if we don't share them, we can be preventing someone else, and even ourselves. Like, I feel like there are keys unlocking in me today, even just being brave enough to share. Um, I actually found it really difficult to prepare for today. Um, 2018, it's been a year. It's been a really good year. It's been a trying year. But I can't share about this year without telling you about 2017. Because in 2017, I had so many breakthroughs in my life. And I wouldn't have been able to make it through this year without those breakthroughs. I know that without a shadow of a doubt. And in 2017, um, I had moments that marked me forever, that changed my life completely. I broke free. I'm sorry, I'm going to probably cry through this whole thing. But I broke free of a multiple-year battle of depression. God came in, and it was actually through an act of repentance. God had told me so kindly and so sweetly when I asked him one night why I was feeling this way, why I had no joy, why, why I just couldn't feel life. And he told me so kindly and so sweetly, so gently, he said, you've been angry with me. And of course my heart was grieved. I'm like, my God is so good, how can I be angry? But there were some situations in my life in the past from several years ago that I was wounded, I was hurt, I questioned my faith. I, I wondered, you know, what God was doing. And I didn't realize that I had been angry. So I repented. And from that moment on, it shifted my life. There was no more depression. It was gone instantaneously. My, re my connection to God was restored. I could hear his voice again. There had been so many years that I felt I couldn't hear him. I couldn't feel his touch. He seemed so far away. And now he's so close. He's so close. It's amazing. And I also received a massive impartation of faith. He broke off several layers of fear in my life, and there's still more that I know he's working on, that he's exposing all the time. Um, but I received a level of faith that got me through this year. I wouldn't have been able to last past January, I don't think, had I not had that faith that he gave to me. And um, a huge thing is I began to see who I am in Christ. He restored my identity that I had lost through that season of depression, and it's an upgraded identity because I'm not the same person that I was before I went through that battle. I'm not the same person that I was before I went through that trial. I'm upgraded. I am not the same person. I hardly even recognize who I was. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm going totally off of my notes, but it is what it is. So anyway, 2018, this year has been a year of the unknown for me which is a very hard place for me to be. It's been a year of stepping into uncharted waters. Um, and like I talked about, I wouldn't have been able to handle it without all of that breakthrough. Um, and yes, last year we had been praying, Joe and I had been praying about the possibility of 
stepping out into full-time ministry with the burn, but we didn't have finances in place, so we didn't take that step. But at the end of the year, last year, one week before Christmas, Joe was laid off from his job. He had a secular job in the oil and gas industry. And normally, in the past, I would have stepped into fear. And I would have said to Joe, you have to go get another job. We don't have money. We don't have what we need in place. You have to go get another job. And, but I didn't do that because of the preparation that he had done in me. I was able to have a peace, and Joe too. Like, we both had such a peace about it. And just, uh, it took us to a place of faith and trust and, and into a deeper place of prayer, just knowing that my God is a God who provides. And when he gives us a vision, he's going to provide for it. And that's what he's been doing this last year. I don't know how we're still here with our mortgage paid, our bills paid, groceries, food on the table. I don't know how it is, but it is. And it's amazing. It's so cool. Um, and if anyone knows me here, I am one who needs to have things planned out. So this year has been really difficult because I haven't been able to plan these things. I haven't been able to have all my lists of how things are going to go and, you know, look to the future and say, this is what we're going to do and all of that. I mean, there's been some. But um, if there's anything that this year has taught me, it's that as much as planning things out is good and we're to be good stewards of all that God has given us and asked us to do, it's God who directs our steps. We can lay the best plans, but if we don't have God directing our steps, our plans are all for naught. And I actually wonder how often I've talked myself out of doing something that I hear him asking me to do because it doesn't seem logical or I'm not sure if it's him or if I don't feel ready. And I'm pretty sure it's been a lot of times in my life. And I've heard it said that if you don't think something is impossible, then your vision with God is too small. It's challenging. It's so challenging. And if we're to do greater works than Jesus did, as it talks about in John 14, 12, then our faith levels need to rise. And we need to learn that it's not in our own strength. This is something that I've been learning. It's not in our own strength, but allowing the Holy Spirit to operate through us, even in our weaknesses, especially in our weaknesses. And that's when we accomplish the impossible, when we allow him to work. I truly believe that he is often waiting for us to take a step of faith, even when we may not know how it's going to turn out or what it's going to look like on the other side. We can't always wait for all our ducks to be in a row. Joe's been telling me that for years. Um, the closer I get to Jesus and the more I learn to recognize his voice, the more I realize that his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts than my thoughts. And his plan for us is so much better than what we could ever imagine. And he so often waits for us to take that step before showing us more. It's a lifelong journey, but I'm learning little by little, day by day, to live a life of total abandon to him. And I would rather be found stepping out in faith and obedience to what I think he's telling me to do and even be wrong about it than to be gripped and paralyzed and incapacitated by fear and doubt, which is how I've operated so much of my life.
So this year, I feel like God has purposely hidden some things from me to make me step out in faith. And just like in preparing for this talk, I had so many different things coming at me saying, you should talk about this, you should talk about this, like all in my mind. And I would, you know, jot down notes, whatever, but I had no clarity about what to talk about. I was like, I, I was in a state, quite a state. And it wasn't until I stopped, it was actually yesterday, I, I tried so many times. I sat down, I've written down three different messages or three different stories than this one. But I sat down yesterday and I asked him, I'm like, God, why am I not hearing you? Like, why am I not getting clarity for this? And he said, it's all about trust and it's all about radical obedience. And I felt him asking me, thankfully he didn't make me do this, but I felt him asking me if I would be okay walking up here holding the mic without an ounce of anything prepared. It's terrifying, so terrifying. In his mercy, he didn't make me do that. Thank God. But, um, yeah, it's just, yeah. What I wanted to say about that is there are some things that we have to wrestle for. There are some things that we have to contend for. There's some things that we have to battle for. I battled for over a year to be free of depression. Over a year. And for some, that might not be a long time, but it was a year of darkness where I'd already experienced two years of darkness. But I made a choice to come out. Even though I couldn't see my way out, God made a way out, and he will do the same thing for you. It's a hard place to be, but it takes cooperation with him and partnering with him. He, he won't just do it. He can do it in the blink of an eye, but he so often waits for us to take a step and say, I'm going to do this with you. Show me how to do this. And if we want to walk in the fullness of the calling of God on our lives, there are things that we have to go after and we have to pursue. And God will prepare you for what he has called you to. That's part of my story. God prepared me for this last year and for what is to come. And he's continuing to prepare me. And so often when we're in difficult seasons, we can't see the purpose. We can't see why we're going through what we're going through. But he's asking if we will trust him. Will we trust him to produce in us the character that we need to sustain his call on our life? Will we trust that he's preparing us for the path that he's laid out for us? In my own life, it's been the seasons of testing and crushing that God has transformed me and that have prepared me. And like Romans 5.3 says, even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence. I haven't always felt that way in it. But I've learned, looking back, to have a confidence knowing that these hard times are so worth it. But we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance, and patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to hope. This year has been one where God has been teaching me about radical obedience and trust, and letting go of the reins of my life, 
and just letting him do what he wants to do. And of course, partnering with him in it. Um, I look back now and I'm actually quite in awe of what he's done in me. I look back and I, like I said, I don't recognize the person that I used to be. Um, my heart is so full of the goodness of the Lord and with his friendship and with his love. I've been through long seasons where I found it impossible to see God's goodness. And I know what that's like. And I've been through seasons where I wondered if I would ever live a victorious life. I know what that's like. But through those seasons, even when I battled with unbelief, I held on to his promises. And I looked back on my history with God, on my testimony, and how he had been faithful in the past. And it's just like that song that we sing sometimes. I've seen you move the mountains, and I believe that I'll see you do it again. And it's just like Psalm 2713, a verse that I've held so close. I would have lost heart, and I did almost lose heart. I would have lost heart unless I had believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And now I am seeing the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I have been raised from death to life. I have been raised from death to life, and I'm so grateful. So just to finish off, let me ask you this. What has God called you to? I sincerely believe that we're living in a time where every one of us is needed in the kingdom of God. I feel like I'm at a place that I am at today because I keep saying yes. Even when I'm afraid, even when I doubt myself, but I keep saying yes. Even when I don't feel like it, and even when he's putting his finger on something in me that I don't want to deal with or that I feel uncomfortable with. I don't want to miss out on any part of what he has for me by operating in fear or rebellion and saying no to him. His plans for me are too good and better than anything I could ever think of. And he, this is the greater purpose, he is actually worth more. He's worth more than me saying no. And he's worthy of everything that I have. So I challenge you, whether it be going out for coffee, you know, whether it be getting some inner healing to get rid of anger or fear or wounds, I've dealt with wounds too, or whether it be stepping out and starting a business or, you know, just ask God, what is the next step that you have for me? Whether it be something I'm being challenged with, putting my phone down and spending more time being present with the people around me, right? Just sometimes it's little things, sometimes it's big things, but I, I believe that as long as we're being obedient, as long as we're doing what he's asking us to do, that's enough and he's gonna work through each one of us. And whatever it may be, let me tell you, don't let fear hold you back. I'm working on that. Don't let fear hold you back. And I just want to end with Hebrews 12. It says, let's lay aside every weight and wound and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let's run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, 
for he has already marked out a path before us. And if you're in a season currently of testing and you have a hard time seeing the goodness of God, don't lose hope. Keep your hopes up. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Allow him to strengthen your heart. Get around others who will help you do that. And he will bring you through. And I'm a testament to that. Well done. Beautiful. <laughs> How great was that? Now, aren't these ladies amazing? Huh? Thank you so much. So impressed. Just like everyday stuff, but yet it's supernatural stuff. I'm going to invite the team to come back now before we close. Um, Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.